You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. I'm Brother Sharp, and we do Christian radio, audio, and video around the world. Our ministry is called Independent Baptist Media. I am not alone tonight. Praise the Lord. I am joined by some family. I've got my son-in-law, Nathan Hoffmeister, and his wife is my daughter. So I actually keep him really close just to make sure I don't have to murder him, you know. But uh, his, his wife, my daughter, went back to Austin, uh, had some commitments, and she teaches in a Christian school there. I've got my daughter, Lacey. Wave to us, Lacey. This is my youngest daughter. And then I've got my lovely wife, Tara. Now, Tara and I, this is a special place because in the foyer of this building is where I first met Tara. And so, praise the Lord. And we've got little Wilson in the nursery. So, that's your fault. And Wilson's nine months old, and he is really a cute little guy. You know, I've seen a lot of, not all babies are cute, just newsflash. Mine, my babies are all cute, so... But we thank the Lord for that, and uh, we're, it's, we're glad to be in God's house. A ministry update, we've been uh, traveling around uh, doing quite a few different things. Still kind of front and center for us is the Philippines Project, Project 7107, doing Christian radio stations around uh, Manila and uh, throughout the 7,107 islands of the Philippines. We spent two months there earlier this year, and um, we were blessed to be able to put up three new Christian radio stations. Two of them are in Metro Manila area, and again, I, I come from rural, rural America, and you know, if I go through a town of 6,000 people, I'm like, it's a lot of people, but we're putting up radio stations in, in the Philippines that reach millions of people. Um, I think one of them, one of them has, in its furthest reach, reaches about the entire population of the state of Ohio. <laughs> and it's a 1,000-watt it's a transmitter. It's a very, very frugal uh, operation. You would never guess it, but the impact and the reach of that is phenomenal. And so very thankful to be involved in that. Uh, we were in Brazil earlier this year doing some training down in Brazil. And then we were in India doing a new uh, TV recording studio there where they're recording in uh, many different languages in India. You know, India, you kind of think of, oh, yeah, India is kind of great and friendly. I like curry. But they're, they're really, that's what I think, you know. But um, actually, I don't like her. But, uh, and so when you're there, that's all you get. But uh, uh, India's it's hardcore. They are not friendly to the gospel. Uh, and you go there, and if they, uh, the missionary was very, very helpful. He said, listen, when you go to the airport, you're here as a tourist. He says, uh, one group came from North Carolina and said, yeah, we're here on a missions trip. We're going to such and such Baptist church. And their version of the CIA raided their church compound three times after that, and they put those people back on the next plane home. Didn't even allow them in. Uh, so it's not radical Islam. It's radical Hinduism right now uh, that's there. And it is radical. And, um, but I, when, when I go to India, I'm challenged every time. I'll just say this. Um, I'm challenged from the fact of you can walk around a place like New Delhi all day long and you can't hardly see any sign of a Christian influence anywhere. Like you can walk around small time, you know, America, you can walk around Europe and see the steeple. And you're like, well, the gospel at least was here, or at least the gospel was championed at one point in their history. You walk around India, you don't see anything. And, and you, you're, you're visually seeing people and you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't see anybody that I would say, mm, they're probably a Christian even. 
Uh, so it's quite a challenging thing from that regard. And I would say an another challenge that I get personally when I, when I go there is optically you see, oh, there's a Hindu family. And there's their kids, they're, they're Hindu kids. Oh, there's a Muslim family. And all, all of their family are, are Muslims. And the Muslims are raising Muslims. The Hindus are raising Hindus. But oftentimes we as Christians, kind of like this morning's message, Sometimes Christians raise atheists, <laughs> and whatever we need, to, we, we, whatever we're doing, we need to change that that uh, methodology a little bit and, and be uh, enough family centric to where we care about our kids to pass our faith, our ideals onto them. And um, so uh, those are the challenges that I get when I go to India. So please pray for India. Pray for these guys as they're they're navigating some difficult waters. Over 1.4 billion souls in India, and uh, the job is not done for Christ there. We've got a lot of work to do. Um, but we've, Lord willing, uh, the 29th or 20, uh, 29th of this month, we're going back to Philippines, Lord willing, uh, for another month trip right before West, uh, Wilson's uh, one-year birthday. So he'll have been in the Philippines for 25% of his life. <laughs> but um, we're thankful for the opportunity to go back. We've got several uh, additional stations to, uh, to put in and install. And we've got some maintenance to do. And some stations are going to be upgraded, Lord willing. One station, Brother Rick Martin's main station, is going to go from about three or 400,000 in coverage to 2.1 million, Lord willing. And hopefully we can accomplish that, uh, if not this trip, the next one after that. Uh, lots of travel, lots of miles, lots of things can go wrong, lots of pandemics uh, on the horizon, right? So we want to pray that that stuff stays away uh, because especially Asia is very much impacted by those things as far as restrictions. Um, and the ability to, to move. Within the Philippines, you, you, until like earlier this year, you weren't even allowed to go from one island to the next without special, special, special permission. Um, and so we want to be able to move around and do what God wants us to do. And so we do what we can while we can, right? You know, uh, we work the works of him that sent us while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. So... Um, uh, this evening, I'm burdened to share a message with you. How many of you guys, other than pastor, remember this like a little test? Remember what I preached last time? See, I'm just going to preach it again. That's so much easier. Oh. Pastor already warned me yesterday. He's like, because I quoted the verse. He's like, no, no, no. You owe taste and see. You can't preach that again. So I told him it's going to be old scratch and sniff, but he didn't like that either. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what to do. Pray for us as we're up and down lifts and ladders and... Um, solving problems. There's always, you know, you come into a space and you're like, okay, we just got to get something from A to B. But there's always, you know, challenges and things like that. We want to do our best for you guys. I would like to prepare you. Uh, you are, this is a small, this is a big church, a medium-sized church in a small space. You have, this is a, enjoy this. What you're enjoying acoustically, you'll never get again. You can hear yourself sing with great power. You're going to be a little bit like BB's you know, walk, bouncing around in a, in a box over there. So acoustically, it's going to be very different. So you want to prepare yourself for that. And, um, and everybody, you, you guys kind of like me. I can tell tonight, you know, I feel the love. But you'll hate the sound man after you're like, what, that guy is such an idiot. I hate our sound. But we're doing our best to, to overcome some obstacles. And it will be a work in progress a little bit as there may be some sound treatment necessary uh, as, as time goes on. But it will be a different dynamic. But that's what growth is all about. Growth is about some change, and of course our flesh doesn't like change very much, but man, you guys need some change going on here. This morning, it's too, too full. 
Too full. That's a great, isn't that a great problem? Yeah. Normally we don't, those two words don't go together, great and problem. Spiritual people say that was, it was a great blessing to have that trial. Not me, but uh, th this is a great problem to have, to be packed in here, people wanting to hear the gospel. Man, you don't have to look very far on different forms of media in our country. You don't have to look very far around very many neighborhoods to say, man, we need the gospel. And to have a church that's packed, not just packed with old people, and I'm an old person, and I love old people, but packed with some young people. Packed with some middle-aged people, packed with some young families. Um, God, I think, is just beginning to do a work here, and there's so much more he wants to do. Uh, we just need to make sure that we don't let the devil use us to sidetrack us. And so uh, staying close to the Lord. So uh, with that in mind, my plan this evening is to speak on the ideal, ideal Christian. Amen. So I'm just going to let you guys look at me for a while, and we'll go home. <laughs> I tell my wife these things, and she... The ideal Christian is actually out there, Brother Che. There he is. Uh, this spiritual Christian. And there's, of course, there's three earmarks I could say if we could look through some scriptures tonight. A little Bible study, if you don't mind. We have a little Bible study and uh, just to look at some ideas that we could kind of say, you know, if these things were in a person's life, I think it would be maybe an ideal Christian. And, you know, if pastor could pastor a, a group of ideal Christians, it'd make his job a lot easier, I would imagine. But uh, let's look at, at one thing that comes to mind. And, and, and I can say personally, I've had some people that have interfaced with me over the years that definitely have this first uh, consideration in their life taken care of. And it's such a blessing and it's very hard to do. And that is faithfulness. The idea of faithfulness. Before we get into the Word of God, though, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for this day. We need you. I need you. Lord, we humble ourselves before you, and we're so thankful for your grace, your mercy. We're thankful for the freedom we have. We're thankful for your patience. And Lord, we would pray that as we gather tonight, Lord, and open your word, that it wouldn't just be some sort of an exercise we do because it's what we do, but Lord, we would do it on purpose. And we would do it with the intent of learning something from your word. And Lord, looking in, in the mirror of your word, and if there's something we need to alter or change, that you would help us to do that for your honor and glory, for you're worthy, Lord. And we love you tonight, and we thank you, and we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. So faithfulness. You know, I can think of a, my pastor growing up. Um, he's, he's still preaching out, but he's retired from the pulpit ministry. He was in Clyde, Ohio for 44 years. And uh, when you don't do anything for longer than 30 years and not have some battles and, and some storms to weather. And what a great example that is. And, and I would say this as I've observed him and other men of God that have stayed and kept staying and kept staying. As I look at what they're able to do for Christ, what they're able to do in their families, in their communities, I would say this. Faithfulness bears unique fruit. Uh, I'm so glad to see young men in ministry. I'm so glad to see uh, young people volunteer to go to Bible college. But they can never quite have the fruit until they hang out for a little while. There's a certain type of fruit that comes from credibility, that comes from the idea of soul winning from the fact that I'm winning people to myself before I point them to the Savior. And, and I would say, Christian friend, we need to strive for faithfulness. That pastor I referred to, Pastor Lewis, uh, I, I, I talked to him about that, and he said, he said, Gene, you know, what I strive for every day is to be the same. 
He said, I want people, and, I, and he's not talking about grow, not growing and stuff like that, but he was talking about sometimes people are over here one day, up one, down, down the next. They're emotionally erect. They're all over the place. He says, I want, I want when people see me out and about, say, that's Pastor Lewis. I want when people see me playing basketball, they say, well, that's Pastor Lewis. And that's the same guy. He's, he's the same. He's always kind. He's always a good Christian. He's always a light. He's always encouraging. And I think... That's the idea that we should strive for in our Christian life. Look over in 1 Corinthians, if you would, chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And we'll uh, read verse 1 through 4. This will be our, our kind of a text we'll bounce from. And then we'll have you go ahead and stand if you'd like. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 1 through 4 says this, Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards, required, that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. You may be seated. The first earmark of a ideal Christian, a spiritual Christian, is, listen, I think you could look at the, the life of an ideal Christian and say, he or she is a faithful Christian. And, and this isn't a suggestion. He says it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Uh, you can go down the line. We can see a lack of faithfulness. In our society, in our culture, we can blame it on generations or we can blame it on the culture at large, but that doesn't change the fact that God is requiring faithfulness. Are you full of faith? Are you steady, Eddie? Are you the same as you have learned you need to be or do you change? So many times we find ourselves oscillating in this life based on emotion, based on trouble, based on trial, based on family. But God requires faithfulness. And he said, listen, I don't really care if you think I'm faithful. I don't care if I think I'm faithful. He says, I, there's one that judgeth me and he is the Lord, verse 4. Are you faithful unto the Lord? In the eyes of the Lord, as he looks at your life, as he looks at your track record, as he looks at, at your, your history, does he find faithfulness? Oh, to be found faithful in the eyes of the Lord, day after day, month after month, year after year, doing what God wants you to do. You want to have a happy home, you have to be faithful, mom and dad. You want to, you want to have some of that fruit that remains, that unique fruit, you've got to be faithful to be in God's house. <laughs> Pastors talk about sometimes they're counseling people and and sometimes it comes around to that nasty topic of finances and the pastor will kind of mention the this, this scriptural principle he needs to that, well, are you paying tithe? You know, I know you're like your finances are a wreck and you owe American Express your soul, but are you paying tithe? And they're like, pastor, I I'll try. And they come back like 10 days later. Ah, it didn't work. I owe them even more. And I paid tithe for like 11 days. And it just doesn't work like that. You've got you to be faithful at it to see that God's hand of blessing, to see that sowing and reaping take place. You know, those, these seasons have to pass, but you've got to find ourselves faithful. We're talking about an ideal spiritual Christian tonight. I would say if you look into the Word of God and across the pages of the Scriptures, you'll find a good Christian is a faithful Christian. 
Secondly, this evening, just to look at a, a couple earmarks of a, of a spiritual Christian is, I would say, would be, I would recognize as one of service. Somebody who is born again and not just sitting there. Born again and not just um, kind of skipping out and letting everybody else, uh, you know, kind of like the husband on Sunday afternoon, basically, watching his wife do all the work and wash all the dishes. That's not a good, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, we're talking about we ought to be involved doing something for the Lord. Boy, that's a really, I see that in the generation of, of Christians that are younger. They, they really... They, they really believe on Jesus Christ as their Savior. I really, many of them do. But they, they just want to come in Sunday and, and watch it all happen and then come back the next week and watch it all happen again. Ah, we need a volunteer. Ah, we need somebody with a CDL. Oh, I don't think so. We need to go, and go on, on a missions trip. I, you know, I kind of, I'm busy. And, well, welcome to the world. We're all busy. Young people, we ought to be involved in service. Boy, there's a lot here. Uh, Joshua 24, 15. Um, let's go over there real quick because there's that, that whole area of, of the scripture, Joshua 24, is really talking about who you're going to serve. Now, verse 14, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served, which were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, says Joshua, we will serve the Lord. God wants to, to bring it to a head in our lives. It's like, who are you going to serve? Because to not serve me is to serve yourself. To not serve me is to serve the world, the flesh, or the devil. You pick one of them, that's where you're serving. Uh, and, and God's like... I want you to serve me. Um, in Psalm 100, verse 2, it says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Uh, we're looking at just a couple of scriptural ideas of an ideal Christian. Look over in Hebrews, if you, if you would, tonight. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 and 14. If you guys should beat me there, I was always the worst in the sword drill. I'm like slow motion on the Bible. So Hebrews 9, 13 and 14. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He's, boy, that's, a, that's a really articulate way of saying all that God did for you. And he says like the Old Testament it didn't quite get you there, but the New Testament, God from the foundation of the world he had the idea that he wanted to redeem you, and to do that, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So he made that way possible. There was only one perfect lamb, one perfect sacrifice. That was his son. He sent his son on your behalf, lived 33 and a half years without sin, and willingly offered himself for our sins so you could have the joy of knowing you're going to heaven and so that you could sit on a pew the rest of your life and do nothing. No. We are saved to serve. That blood he shed was for our forgiveness. But he wanted us to serve the Lord with the freedom that we have in Christ. Look over, lastly, about service in Romans chapter 12. Not slothful in business, verse 11. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So you've got Old Testament, New Testament, all different kinds of things. Listen, Christian, our faith should be an active faith. 
Our faith should be one that gets into gear and serves the Lord. And the sooner in your Christian life you decide that you're going to be, be there when Pastor needs you. Know, I don't know. I don't know exactly what my gifts are. I'm just not sure where I'm qualified. Anytime Pastor asks for volunteers, you just raise your hand and you'll find, you'll find something. You'll find something. And you don't have to do everything, and you can get burnout. I've seen it all. But I, I, at the end of the day, you, 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 we don't really go too wrong by saying, hey, the doors are open. They're having a work day. Let's, let's show up. Let's do something. And boy, it would probably be a great example to your kids and grandkids if you showed up. I mean, you could, just the act of showing up is the, is the, the big battle. Just, I, I used to work maintenance at a Bible college. I know how to do this. You just walk around with a hammer and just do laps. And no, you don't really have to do anything. <laughs> And you're still a good example. So just get involved somewhere. There's going to be all kinds. And as the church grows, guess what grows with it? I mean, the, you know, the ministry would be easy if there weren't people. There's going to be all kinds of things that need to be done. Maybe pastor needs somebody to go get the Chick-fil-A. Then you get the first hot French fry. There's lots of advantages. Because uh, when they're cold, come on, really? There's, microwave doesn't even do it. But the ideal Christian, I believe, tonight is one who has faithfulness. I believe the ideal Christian tonight is one who has service. The ideal Christian tonight, and, and these things always go hand in hand, is one of holiness and obedience. Holiness and obedience. This is a really popular subject these days. Um, it was a joke. Um, <laughs> Ephesians 5.11. Look over in Ephesians 5.11. Verse 10 says, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Listen, he said, there's, some, there's a code of conduct. I don't know where it has come from these days, but modern American Christianity likes to say it's all about grace. And you just need to attain that, that level of spiritual creaminess and we can all just get along. You can tolerate my sin, and I can tolerate yours, and I'm under grace, man. You know, I can, that's the grace of God. The devil works these little tricks to try and turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. That's exactly what's happening before our eyes in the modern-day church, right? It's A-OK -okay that you can do whatever you want and, and really not be accountable for anything that you do before God, but God has other plans if you look into his word, and God wants us to be holy. Look in John chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. He wants us to have a level of holiness and a level of obedience God expects us, when we hear or read the word of God, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Uh, it's, it's, it's not okay for us to constantly have basically an entire list of excuses of why we disagree with the pastor and his interpretation of that passage. And that's how we're never going to do it because I just don't see it that way. God hasn't really worked in my heart. No, just it's right here. Just obey it. You know, there's, he expects us to look a certain way, expects us to act a certain way. And, and if, you, if you fall, righteous man falls seven times, he rises again, get back up on the saddle and get obedient. Oh, right now they're hard. Pastor Saul is a friend of mine from Toledo, Ohio. He preached one time and he said, you know, you're only one prayer away from being right with God. Yeah. So get there. Yeah. 
Some people, they, they bring all this baggage and, and bitterness, and they, they say things that aren't, categorically aren't true. Oh, I just, I just can't. Yes, you can. Oh, I just, I just, I tried to, but the bitterness, it just kept me from, no, just do it. Just pray and get right and get obedient and get, and get holy. Uh, 1 John chapter 2. Verse 3 and 4, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. You got to be holy, you got to be obedient. We're talking about the earmarks of an ideal Christian. A couple pages to the left, 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 15 says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Well, There's just a lot to, that we could unpack here, but very simply, in all manner of conversation is really not the idea carved out for us that well, we can be right in about three quarters of the area of our life, but there's like that, you know, that, you know, I just allow myself this little thing over here. It, we're, we're supposed to be holy in all manner of conversation. In every area of your life and lifestyle, we are to have a level of holiness to the Lord. Now, we'll never be perfect. We'll, we'll always make mistakes. But we ought to be trying to, in our life, all manner of our life, be holy. And the reason is because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. So we stand on the word of God. But that's the old, oh, wait, this is New Testament. Oh, stink. hate him when that happens. Um, so we're talking about the ideal Christian, and, and here we got it. We wrapped it up. Three points. I didn't have a poem, but I can say something like, you know, roses are red. I don't even know what that one. But faithfulness, service, holiness. Can you guys say that with me tonight? Faithfulness, service, holiness. One more time. You guys sound really good. Faithfulness, service, holiness. Now, I think I have found a guy that, like, almost in order has done all these things in the Bible. You want to look at them? Yeah. All right, we should find them, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. And I, listen, I tell you what, I'm feeling generous. I'm going to buy everybody tonight Chick-fil-A. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> this describes a man in the Bible. You ready? It's not Daniel. It's not Joseph. It's not David. It's not Luke, it's not Peter, it's not Paul. This man is described for us in Luke 15. You guys want to go over there fast? Last passage. Look at that, Luke 15. Lots of good stuff happened in Luke 15. And, uh, of course, halfway through, it starts talking about who we call the the prodigal son. And you know the story, right? Prodigals like, Father, give me the portion of the goods that fall into me. And not many days after, he takes his, he divides his living, he takes, takes it all, goes and wastes it in a, in a foreign land. And then, you know, he does some math a little while into that and says, this is horrible. Yep. I don't know what the devil was telling me, but he lied. 
the father of lies lied. Go figure. I'm going to come back and I'm going to, you know, I, I, he, he had humility, right? Because he's like, I'm not even, not even worthy to be called your son. And he's like, I'm going to get this speech ready for dad. And then he comes back. Dad sees him a great, far, great while off, a far way off. And he's like, oh, that's my son. And he ran to him, has compassion, hugs him. And you remember that story? Yeah. Well, we're not talking about the father here that's an ideal Christian tonight. We're not talking about, we're not, here's, let's, go, let's go and read about this guy. This guy that was faithful, had service, and had holiness. Now his elder son was in the field. As he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. Verse 26. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry. And would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee? <laughs> Wait, many years? Sounds like faithfulness. These many years do I serve thee? Oh, he was serving the Lord. Neither transgressed I thy law at any time, thy commandment. Wow, that sounds like holiness and obedience. He didn't ever transgress at any time the Father's commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured his living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. <laughs> and he said unto him, Son, this is the words of the Father, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead. And is alive again. He was lost and is found. So, as much as pastor wants you to be faithful, a person of service, a person of holiness and obedience, he doesn't want you to miss a very important underscore there as well. We've got to value our time with the Father. Church, it's really easy in a church that's busy to just jump in and be busy. And you can be busy for a long time, running a bus route, working in the sound booth, singing specials. You can be faithful. You can be serving. You can be involved. And you can be responding. Hey, I want to do what's right. But I need to wear this. I'll wear this. I need to read my Bible. I'll read my Bible. And we can find ourselves in this, in this idea of moving forward, doing what we should do, becoming in our own life a reflection of the ideal Christian. But in the inside, we're really not, we're really not appreciating the Father. The father said, listen, he said, thou art ever with me. That's what's important to the father. He's like, we're together. Hey, we're together and all that I have is thine. You can talk to me. I'm the creator. I'm the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent creator of, of heaven and earth. Sometimes we will work a bus route and sing a special and never talk to our creator. Not only was he faithful and serving and obedient, but... This ideal Christian was angry, bitter, jealous, and childish. And he was ignorant of what really mattered to the Father. Faithfulness, service, holiness, obedience, they're all there. And they have their place in the Christian life. But it boils down to that the Father longs for fellowship. Listen, folks, his son died on the cross so we could have fellowship. The church that he loves and gave his life for is all about 
Fellowship. That's why you can't have a digital online church. You got to be here for the fellowship. We have a mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, to facilitate fellowship with us and God. Heaven is the place of eternal fellowship. Maybe you are all about that very important area of fellowship, service, and obedience and holiness, but just maybe you've let go of that one ideal of fellowship with the Father that you serve. And maybe you find yourself angry, bitter, jealous, childish. And like any parent, God longs to have you to be with him. You know, if you understand it in that term, it's such a beautiful story, the father and the son. If you're a parent here, you know that longing that you have to spend time with your kids. Now, it's great to call your kids and text your kids, but when they text you, that's a different story. They want to they wanna communicate with me. They want to be with me. It's, it's great when you say, come here, Junior. Get up on my lap. Give me kisses. Tell me, tell, me, tell me you love me. Or when he crawls up on your lap of his own accord and says, Daddy, I love you. Well, that's, that's, that's what happens in the relationship with our Heavenly Father, that like a parent, God longs to have you longing to be with him. And I would say maybe today we need to reconnect with our Heavenly Father, perhaps like never before. When we spend time with the Father, he says, you're ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It's, it all belongs to you. When we spend time with him, we can observe what's important to the father. You know, if you've got kids that spend time with their, they know what their dad's likes and dislikes are. They know what his favorite color is. They know uh, what he likes you to say and not say. And, and boy, when we simply observe what's important to our heavenly father in this story, I would say two things pop up. Obviously that fellowship is important to him, but what's also important to him is restoration. He was willing to spend it all because of the repentant son. And I have lived long enough to see people fall. And I've lived long enough to see a whole lot of good Christians who are faithful in service, they're holy, be upset at people trying to restore people. Well, you know, I mean, Lisa, and, and here comes the gossip. Here comes, the, here comes the hearsay. Here comes all the rumors. You, know, you could pick up the phone and talk to the person who's trying to be restored and say, you know what? Can I pray with you? Are you doing okay? How can I help you? The Bible says this. We talk about the ideal spiritual Christian. He says this. Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one, considering thyself lest also be tempted. It takes somebody who's truly spiritual to restore. And I think that's kind of an action. I wonder, are we uncomfortable when somebody walks through the doors like, well, they haven't been here all summer. <laughs> I have been at every work party. This guy, and I've heard some things about what he's been. If you're spiritual, you should restore. Go to him, and you do the restoring. He hasn't shown adequate repentance according to my repentanometer. <laughs> Remember this, we always try to act like we, we try to take things that don't belong to us sometimes. We take revenge. Revenge is mine, saith the Lord. Don't take revenge. Another thing that, that doesn't belong to us is the power on earth to forgive sins, really. 
David said, after murdering a guy and committing adultery, against thee and thee only have I sinned. The person who fell away may be, may be disappointed. You maybe ruined your confidence. Maybe it just, just really stinks. It was a bad example to you or your kids or whatever else. He didn't sin against you. He sinned against God. And it's us who are spiritual, hopefully, not only just faithful service, but walking with God enough to the point we can say, listen, I want to help restore them. You may get your fingers dirty a little bit, but guess what? One of the reasons I'm going to try and help restore him, because you flipped the script, I want you to restore me. So we're talking about the ideal Christian, and that's basically the, 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 the entire message there. The fellowship with the Father. When you have the fellowship with the Father, like was restored to the prodigal son, you have a parent. You have God the Father. All that I have is thine. You have a present. He killed the fatted calf. He made, he made much ado about that. And you have a provision. He, he, he made sure his needs were met. He came from the pig pen and was welcomed back into the family. Don't take those things for granted. And I think as we strive to be good church members, as we strive to do what God tells us to do and be faithful to do it year after year and to serve the Lord and to really say, well, I'm going to take my time and talents and treasure and give it to the Lord and, and make sure I make them available and I want to make sure I do it while walking with God and while being right with God, let's make sure we have fellowship with Him and we do our best not to have those attitudes that were prevalent in somebody who was, he was right there. He was in service three times a week. I mean, I'm talking, he was there. He was, you're ever with me. Right here, you're here. But we had, he had this attitude that was upset when a brother was trying to be restored. Was, was angry and bitter and self-centered and selfish. And I say, I look in the mirror and I can see all of those things right here if I'm not walking with my Heavenly Father. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.